0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Topic Tacklers, where we tackle every topic in sports. Here with me today, I have the co-founder and co-producer of the podcast, Liam Dunlop. How are you doing today? I'm good, Shane. Um, Yeah, so we're going to tackle some topics, and we're going to talk about hockey first. It's about
1: midway through the season. Obviously, as we all know, COVID's really ruined the fan perspective of hockey but it's one of the only sports going right now and we have dylan spiro here he's a lifelong friend of both of ours he's played hockey f- pretty much all of his life and he's a uh, a pretty good pretty big oilers fan so uh, dylan what's going on buddy
2: hey guys uh yeah i'm no expert but uh i'm excited to talk some hockey with you guys
0: that's awesome, man. So I'm not the biggest hockey fan by any means. Um, so we're going to jump into a couple questions that I have prepared for Liam and Dylan today. We're just going to go over a couple like award predictions, season predictions, what uh, they think about the, this pandemic and how it affects the season. And uh, we're going to go from there. we got a couple current NHL events that we're going to talk about, too. So if you guys uh, don't have anything else to add, we can jump right into it.
2: Let's get it. Let's do it.
0: All right. So obviously, like Liam said a little bit before, uh, the pandemic is affecting everything in this whole world, including sports. So how do you think that this COVID pandemic is affecting this NHL season specifically? And do you guys think that it will continue and will actually have a full season and full playoffs without a stoppage?
1: The big thing for me is if you look at the different divisions, the canadian division hasn't hasn't lost any games so obviously one country's doing the covid very well but they still haven't had fans in the stands but we haven't missed a game from in the canadian division but or the north division they call it but look at dallas mm-hmm. look at the golden knights look those guys those guys missed like seven games in a row like buffalo two weeks was a big one too buffalo sabers New Jersey Devils. Even the Colorado Avalanche ended up picking some off uh, Minnesota Wild. Like You can name pretty much half the, the American teams and they've lost games because of COVID, but the Canadian division is just doing it right.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's just the state of Canadian COVID versus American COVID. It does seem like we've maybe crossed a bit of a hurdle. Like I feel like we're not hearing about as many COVID cases now as we were maybe a month ago. Um, but I think there's been an expectation for a while that the season. I think we'd get to the end of the season, but not every team's going to play the whole fifty-six. Um, I think points percentage might end up being the driving factor of standings versus points. But
1: um. yeah, points percentage—that's that's a huge point because yeah, if say Toronto plays fifty-two games mm-hmm. and Edmonton plays fifty-six games, but Edmonton has one more win that doesn't mean they're better because they've played more
0: games, right? No,
2: exactly, yeah.
0: Totally agree. Um, so, do you guys think we will have a full season, though? I'm hoping so, man. Like Without a stoppage, like a COVID stoppage?
2: I think so. I, I don't see... Like, I think the vaccines in the States and Canada are kind of in full swing now. Like, I, I just don't think they have that roadblock anymore. And... I just don't think the NHL is willing to stop. I think they're going to just drive through it, kind of like the NFL did, like MLB did, and like the NBA is doing. They're just going to drive through it as best they can and get to the end um, by whatever it takes. If it means a team has to miss a a few games here and there or miss a week here and there, I don't think they care. I think they're going to do whatever they can to get to the full 56, to get to the playoffs, to get to the cup final.
1: And they can relocate as well. As we saw, San Jose, San Jose's first two months of the season or like month and a half of the season, they didn't even play at home. Mm-hmm. They were playing, I think, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like that's, yeah. it's so strange. Like if you're going completely out of your, not even city, but state to play, they can get other teams to do the same thing.
2: Yeah. I do wonder if like for the playoffs, if they bubble up. I want to bubble. I liked like, it last year. Like in Canada. I don't know if it I do the same same Canada. Do the same but. ones. Yeah. Like, it seemed to work last year. I thought they executed it almost flawlessly. Like,
1: like Shane, you obviously watch, like, sports live, like vividly. What do you think about having no fans in the stands?
0: Oh, man. I can't stand it, honestly. I think it uh, – and I actually have that in one of the questions, uh, like a continuation is what, is what is the fan factor towards this? Because even watching the last playoffs of the hockey and the, the cup and everything, the no fans, it's like – it's like walking, watching a scrimmage game, right? Like, and I feel like I turn that into basketball because that's my go-to sport and everything, and it's just its silent. Like you, you can hear the puck. You can hear what people are saying, which is cool and everything, but at the end of the day, it just seems like they're kind of going to a rink and playing some puck. Like.
2: I think it almost, like, it definitely takes a hit into the, the home ice advantage. I don't know if home ice advantage really means as much now as it did 12 months ago. Where, obviously, teams are used to their own facilities and their own areas and and whatnot. But I think the fans really drive what home ice advantage means. And not having that, I think it 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 doesn't create that um, that change of momentum that you see in games. Momentum's think, huge.
1: Yeah, momentum's huge. I... If you're up four two, and they always say two goals is the worst lead in sports, worst yeah. lead in hockey. You're not coming back from four two without your fans right behind you roaring you and every power play they're on their feet every shorthanded chance they you dump it down the puck they're standing up and giving you it it's just not there
0: well and with the teams that are allowing some fans there isn't too many but the ones that are allowing if they were to push into a playoff bubble and then eliminate fans altogether, how is that going to make a difference between how they're Mm -hmm. performing now and then when they go without fans entirely so you have no No home fans advantage whatsoever. No home ice advantage.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like in the cup final, it's weird. It'll be weird this year if there's no fans again. Like to see the players skating with the cup and there's nobody cheering. It's just, it's odd. Anticlimactic. Yeah. 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 Oh my God.
1: They've won the hardest trophy in sports. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you just hear like the assistant GM, yeah. Clapping <laughs> <in the back. laughs>
0: so he made a bunch of money. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh my god, I just got a raise.
2: Like one of the big effects of the COVID they've talked about is the draft, which is interesting. They've talked about pushing the draft to 2022 and having two drafts, or um, do they go ahead with the 2021 draft where? Like the OHL. And you haven't seen any of these kids. You haven't seen any of these kids in the junior leagues. Exactly. Like the college leagues and the European leagues are playing, but the Canadian leagues aren't. So, like, is it fair to these kids to get drafted? I don't know. But I don't know how you, you logistically orchestrate two drafts or – I don't think 14 can,
0: rounds of kids. I don't think you can cancel
2: rounds. a draft because then what happens to all those picks that were already – exchange traded or moved. yeah well, and especially kids drafts.
0: that aren't even gonna be at the uh like the scouting combine or anything like that yeah they probably, probably won't even be
2: able to have a
1: it'll all be virtual which is gonna be weird they just they just rake like the skates and stuff it's like they just have like a punch clock but like it's like their dad doing it yeah and it's like ah. wow my god a record he got blue line to blue line in like two seconds how the hell did he do
2: that like, talking about anticlimactic, the draft last year was just a total dud. Oh, man, yeah. especially with Lafreniere, and he,
1: he's been horrible. We're going to be talking about rookies and players going on to this season, but, oh, my God, what a waste of time so <laughs> far, Alex
0: Lafreniere's been. Well, that's just it. And what were they claiming or what were they calling him before he got into the draft? Was it French Crosby or yeah, something think, like yeah, that? or yeah. for? for Pretty much, French everyone every that goes first
1: overall, they compare to Crosby. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the next one, and then the next <laughs> next one, and then the next 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 yeah. one. So, speaking, now, speaking of the great one, Shane, we got to say our uh, melancholy farewell. Oh, to, definitely, to Walter to, Gretzky. Yes, rest in peace. We're we're from a city right outside Bramford, which is weird to say because we're from Hamilton, and they're huge. they're huge. They're huge. They're huge in our community. They're huge for women's sports, women's hockey. Everything, Walter Gretzky was everywhere,
0: yeah, definitely. they even like, have uh Gretzky Parkway, I think, in Brantford, or do. something like that like, yeah, but he was he was everywhere and he was always involved in the community too, which was kind of cool, especially in the southern Ontario area, like especially because obviously Wayne was so busy <laughs> managing teams and stuff like that, but his dad was always appearing on uh like in local communities and stuff, which was cool
2: yeah like i I grew up playing hockey and. I think just about every person involved in minor hockey in the last like 40 years has some sort of Walter Gretzky story. Definitely. You ran into him somewhere, you met him somewhere. I met him at a rink in Brantford playing a game and he was upstairs in some rec room uh, at a table in the corner of the room and there was a line out the door and he was signing autographs and he would sign anything and everything. He'd shake anybody's hand, he'd hug everybody. He would talk to anybody about anything. He didn't care. He was the nicest guy, um, and I think he's the. I would argue he's not just the pinnacle of the hockey dad. I think he's a pinnacle of like the sports dad. Totally. Um, yeah. The humility and like the, the love of him is just.
0: Just a supportive father. Like he's not. He's not like. He didn't mentally abuse his child to grow up to be a hockey star or whatever. Yeah. But like he was just there and he supported and he. That was actually a conversation it I just had. happened to be that his kid really enjoyed hockey. It was a really amazing <laughs> at it, yeah. so he went with it. I had a conversation with
2: my wife about that before here, where because we watched the Michael Jordan documentary, the Netflix Michael mm, Jordan, the Last Dance, Last Dance. Dance. Amazing. And we watched the HBO Tiger Woods. That was a really good one. I haven't watched it yet. A couple weeks ago. It was pretty good. And the thing we noticed in both of those series was um, Earl Woods and James uh, Jordan, the way that they would push their children just to constantly be great. And I think they were trying to be great through their children, where Walter Gretzky, I don't think he pushed his boys, specifically Wayne. What about Keith? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or Brent. Oh, well, yeah, did you know that one. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that. In the same way, I think he just loved them, and he just he just loved seeing them be great. Like, he... I don't know. He didn't push them the same way. He he just let them flourish their natural talents.
1: I totally agree, and I actually met him late, a little later on in life. I was actually commentating a Dundas-Real-McCoys game, and he was in the stands.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: His sons aren't even a part of this league, but he's like hockey near me. Yeah. I'm going why not? Yeah. I'm going, I'm watching men's league hockey, like semi pro hockey. And I was looking and I was doing play by play for cable 14, our local cable company. And I'm, I looked down and I'm like, I've never met Walter Gretzky. Cause I never, I never played competitive hockey. And I just, I went down and I'm like, I have to meet this man. So I go and shake his hand. Funny thing is you were saying he was just sitting at a table, Dylan, and he was just signing stuff. Later on in life, he literally had a, like, you know, like, a uh, stick notes pad? Just pre-signed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were pre-signed, but it <laughs> said two, blank, best wishes, Walter Gretzky, and he would sign your name. Oh, my god! Just, like, <laughs> because awesome. he had Parkinson's. Yeah, exactly. He had Alzheimer's. Yeah. He had a couple oh, strokes. Oh, yeah, arthritis. And he was, he was rough at the end. So many autographs. Yeah, he was, he was rough at the end, but, yeah, rest in peace, Walter Gretzky, mm-hmm. and, yeah, thank you for everything you did. Definitely. And making the... Arguably the best hockey player of all time. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure.
0: All right, so we're going to go through the awards. Uh, I want to know what your guys' take is on the Calder, but uh, first let's talk about who you guys think is going to win the heart this year. Do you think it's going to be McDavid? Is he running away with it again?
2: It's hard to say no. I think it depends on the team success.
1: Yeah, because MVP is normally a team thing.
2: It's such a weird award, I think, the heart. Compared to other sports, like I feel like the heart – gets these weird stipulations behind it like in some ways it's almost like the the surprise really really good player instead of like
1: the runaway best player the best obviously. player yeah
2: like i guess it's it's i guess it's officially titled the most valuable to their team but i think you could argue that to the mvp regardless
1: yeah it's valuable yeah most yeah. valuable player in the league should be the most valuable player on their team to their team definitely, definitely. yeah and if they aren't then what but it's hard with McDavid because he, he does have a player like Leon, Leon dragside
2: yeah I know like two hard candidates yeah it's I know that was a weird argument last year where <laughs> yeah. how can how can a team have two most valuable players to their team but I think McDavid like if 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 you're judging it totally based on who the best player in the league is then McDavid wins it every single year but I don't know if that's really what the award is is based on. I personally, I think if, if McDavid can lead the team to maybe the a, a, t- a top position in the North, I don't think they can pass Toronto right now, but if they can do well to finish out the season, then I think McDavid is, is a clear candidate. I don't know if he wins it, but he, I think he's definitely a nominee.
1: I'm going to throw a guy out there. Not a lot of people have been talking about him, but he is having... Almost his best season as a pro And this guy's a Hall of Famer Patrick Kane. I Patrick, knew you were say Patrick Kane Patrick Kane Has been incredible Loki just got his 400th career goal Obviously Regular season because he probably has 100 goals In the playoffs <laughs> knowing the way he plays He's only he's only 5 points off McDavid mm-hmm. Yep
2: He's on a crap team A depleted Blackhawks team. Oh, he, yeah. uh,
1: Brent Seabrook just retired yesterday Yeah so we're recording this Friday night. Yeah. Just so everyone knows, just so. The, the thing 5th, a March, Friday, March 5th. Yeah, Friday, March 5th, we're recording this. So, yeah, Brent Seabrook just retired. Mm-hmm. He's borderline Hall of Fame. Patrick Kane is playing with Alex Dobrinkit, making him look incredible. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Kane's known for being a pure goal scorer. He has 24 assists this year. He is everywhere on the ice. He's playing hard defensively. I think he could do it. I think he, if, if Chicago starts getting their wins in and if they can make the playoffs,
2: he's got to be a candidate. I agree. I think Kane is, is definitely a nominee. The guy that I like is... Uh, maybe it pains me to say this because I, I, don't, I don't really like the Leafs, but mm-hmm. I think Mitch Marner deserves a nomination. I think he's quietly having a fantastic season. I think Matthews gets too much attention in Toronto. I don't think Marner gets enough. Um, I think he's third in scoring right now. And he's a guy like, you know, watching the North Division, you watch, I'll watch a handful of Leafs games a week. And he just so quietly puts up two or three points a game. And you don't realize that he's got two assists until after you look at the box score at the end of the game. Um, and I think he's a driving force of that Leafs line. I think Matthews is fantastic. And I think he might be the best goal scorer in the NHL right now, but um, yeah, I think Mitch Marner is is a dominant player that I don't think gets enough attention in the NHL.
1: There's there's too many of those. There's there's always that four or five top guys are like, oh yeah, he's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. McKinnon's having a down season, and yeah, Marner has just been incredible. He's like a I think he's like a plus thirteen, mm-hmm. and most of a lot of his points are power play points so that shows how good he is five on five and yeah he's just been really good
0: so next up for the awards is uh the norris trophy um so what do you guys think of that who's going to take that who's going to take that this year and and is there a clear a clear winner as a hockey fan i i definitely do not know i don't think there's a clear guy stand out standing out right now
2: there's definitely a top three my pick would be headman (laughs) yeah. <laughs> like personally if I had to build a defenseman it would be Victor Hedman he reminds me of in, in some ways of like Chris Pronger where he's this huge I think he's like six six. defenseman fantastic skater can play both sides of the puck equally well um, he's a leader he can munch minutes he's a guy who can easily rack up 30 minutes no problem he just I think he's a guy who who can really control the game the same way some of the the like legendary defensemen can. I think of guys like, like Pronger or Niedermeyer or to me he's in that category or like Lidstrom maybe where mm-hmm. he can control the game, he can control the back end of the team. Um, and he, he can score it. overtime winners. He can score game-winning oh, overtime winners.
1: It. Yeah, he literally just scored, what, last night? Yeah. 0. 0.1 0.
2: Second.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He won the Norris,
2: I think, two years ago. And I think he's been nominated the last four years or five years. Consistent he's a Hall too. of Famer. He's a Hall of now Famer. Now that they won the Cup. He's a Hall of Famer. Did he win Conn Smythe, too? He did. Yeah. He's a wow. Hall of Famer. That's
1: um, I'm going to go with a little bit of a homer pick, but I'm going to go a little bit more offensive, and I'm going with Kale McCarr. I think Kale McCarr is... This is a first year of many that he's going to be up for the Norris Trophy Award. He's only got one goal, but he's got 14 assists. Ooh. He's on a he's on a amazing power play line that he had that he's the complete quarterback. Everything goes through him. Everyone would think that if you watch an avalanche game that it's all going to go through McKinnon. If you watch a power play, it's Makar. He's the one that's putting shots on. He's the one finding the open man. Um, and I think, I think he's going to be, he's going to be the top guy for a long time. And I hope Hedman retires soon because of that. But <laughs> like, no, nothing against Victor Hedman. I think he's probably going to get it because Kale McCars seems to be injury prone and he's been out for a couple games already this year. Um, so I'm just going to pick McCars. This is going to be my only Homer pick of this episode, but they're going to, they're going to be coming throughout other episodes.
2: I think the fact that Kill McCart too is like twenty one. He's in his third season. Uh technically, yeah. His,
0: yeah. I guess he's in the playoffs full season. Yeah, he played in the playoffs yeah. the one year.
2: And he's already basically a lock for Literally. Team Canada potentially top pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: Yeah, like unbelievable. Right yeah. Now. Like what what were we doing at that age? <laughs> not not <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> um but yeah, so and especially with Makar too, it's like it's 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 the presence, right? So, like, the presence of being on the ice and everything. Like, yeah, 14 assists is great for a defender. But the fact that you were saying, like, everything does go through Makar or some way he's involved in it is definitely a huge factor on getting that Norris, right? So, we'll jump into the next one, too, and go to uh, Vesna. I think you guys were talking about Tampa Bay possibly having the best goalie this year.
2: I'm going to go with Marc-Andre Fleury. Um I've loved him ever since he got drafted. The Yellow Pads. Yeah. Despite the uh, shooting it off the back. Of despite the shooting it off, I think it was Patrick O'Sullivan. <laughs> but he's just I think he I think he takes a lot of flack that maybe is undeserved. I think with Robin Leonard going down this year, he stepped up remarkably um, for his age, too. For his age, he's 36. Drafted
1: in
0: 2004, yeah, 17 years ago. Daryl Sutter was uh in that Flames organization then,
2: (laughs) (laughs) and he like I don't know if I want to pick the guy just because I like him the most, but um, I think his numbers definitely would grant him a nomination, Um, and I think if he gets a Vesna this year, I think it absolutely cements him as a hall of famer, and I think it puts him in that category of guys that we grew up with that were legendary goalies. like Wah and Broder and Belfour and Hasek. Um, where he's got, he's got a Vesna like that. I think is the one thing that separates him from guys like Cujo and Luongo. Yeah, is yeah. He's got the Vesna.
0: Yeah, so That's a good one I
2: too. really want. I w- I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm picking with my heart yeah. instead of yeah. You uh, have to sometimes, but. I wanna see Marc Andre Fleury get that.
1: And I'm gonna go where you were coming from, Shane, uh Andre Vasilevsky. Um going into tonight, we haven't watched the we haven't even checked in on the, the lightning game, but he had a crazy shutout streak. He I think he broke his own lightning shutout streak going into last night's game. And he's just he's incredible. I think the
0: Lightning, uh, sorry to interrupt, the Lightning, it's uh, 3-3 in overtime. Right 3-3 now. overtime, okay.
1: So he gave up three against Chicago tonight. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I still think he he's just a stud. And having a guy like Hedman obviously helps him a lot because it's like that guy will probably block four shots a night. So that's four less saves I'll have to make. And have him, Sergachev, that'll also do the same thing. And just all those different players. But the thing with Vasilevsky is he's their best player and he just stands on his head some nights where it's like he puts up 35 saves when his team only got like 16 shots and they'll win one, nothing. And those are the guys I like. I think his record is I think he's twelve and three.
2: He's fourteen and three. Fourteen and three. But he's now, got a one sixty six goals against yeah. and a nine forty two save. Yeah, like yeah.
1: nine forty two like, is stupid. That's like ridiculous. that is unheard of.
2: Like especially nowadays. Yeah. Now with all the years, shots and yeah. Yeah. all
1: the goals that are being scored recently. So yeah, I'm gonna pick Vasileski um and yeah, Shane, that that's a good call because the lightning are just so scary.
0: Well, and I think now that they're they're more than just offense right it's like a couple of years ago they've been so offensively heavy that everyone was afraid that they're gonna go and put five six goals against you but now like you're saying he's you standing on his head so they're putting up and I mean they're uh, shutting down and winning like one nothing games right now uh so we're gonna go to the last award right now and it is the calder it seems like it's kind of a jimble jamble this year uh so what do you guys think what do you think about that leo the Calder, who's bringing home the Calder.
1: I'm going to go with a guy that I was chirping all my buddies in my fantasy group about because I had no idea who the hell he was <laughs> going in because I'm like, who is this guy? Why, is, why are you drafting him so high? Creel Kaprizov, and he plays for the Minnesota Wild, number 97. If you see him on the ice, you've seen highlights. He is so slick. He is so fast. He's got 17 points in 20 games plus 7 his shooting percentage is stupid too. He only has 40 shots and he has six goals. He, he's at 15% shooting percentage. I don't, like, that's unheard of in the rookie years. Normally you're just shooting everything on net. He's picking and choosing his spots. And he was a fifth round pick in 2015. That was six years Jeez. ago. He was And he just, he was out in Russia for a while. He's the most, one of the most Russian looking people you ever see. <laughs> and yeah, Creel Kaspersky. Kav- Caprizov, I still don't know how to say his name. And he got drafted five years ago. You said. Five, oh, yeah, wow, five eh? full years ago.
2: I was looking at his his. Uh, I was on his hockey DB. And like he's been in the KHL for the last, yeah, yeah, since he got drafted basically.
0: So how old is he? Like roughly. So be, he's born
1: he'd in ninety seven. Ninety
2: Oh, Okay, so yeah. so he's still yeah. super young and everything. But each season that he was in the KHL, he was either leading or at the top, like top two, three. Of his KHL team in scoring, so yeah. I'm surprised it took. I'm honestly surprised it took this long for him to come over, especially but. for the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> yeah, but he's made the Wild watchable for the, probably the first time. Like he's the most exciting Wild player I've seen since Gabrick.
1: Gabrick, and that was a long time ago now. So what, Miko Koivu just didn't didn't
2: scratch <laughs> that itch for you? Yeah. Zach Parisi just didn't. Yeah, I hate right. That guy. Let's not talk about him. Ever.
0: So the Wild with him. Uh, definitely is probably getting the most attention since that Preze and uh, Suter trade. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I would think because that was the last time I've seen them in my like headline page Twitter on my yeah, bleacher Report or whatever. Yeah.
2: Dylan, who you got, bud? Uh, I like Kaprizov too, but I'm going to go with uh, another guy that's kind of totally off the board. Um, I'm going to go with Kevin Lankin in Chicago, the goalie. Um, Honestly, never heard the name until like a little while ago but <laughs> him coupled with 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 Kane has kind of led that what we said depleted Chicago team no Taze I mean Seabrook's kind of been invisible for a few years now but no Seabrook um, it's really just Kane and DeBrincat.
0: and whoever um, Kane's making look good
2: yeah and uh, he's look good like his numbers look good I, I haven't gotten to watch him play too much but his numbers look good Um, Especially for A goalie that went Undrafted Kind of came out of nowhere Um, Yeah I think Kaprizov Takes the Calder But I think I think Langton Gets a nomination In a a year where You know like How much hype Was there for Lefrenier And he's kind of Been a little Bit uh, Shit Yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Stutzel's been really good Yeah Stutzel's been really good In Ottawa And Josh Norris Has been really good in Ottawa Yeah but Caprizov, I think, I guess, has been the most exciting. Yeah. Of the, of yeah, the, that makes of sense.
0: What team you guys are, think is going to make the finals? Who's playing each other in the finals? And who's taking home the cup?
2: Um, I really like Vegas this year. Um, I'm a big Petrangelo fan. I really like Mark Stone. I like Mark Andre Fleury. Um, I think Peter DeBoer. Has done a really good job with that team, and I think there's a, there's a knock on the West Division because you've got teams like Anaheim and San Jose and LA in there, but the grind between Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, and even Minnesota—they're yeah, so weird. Um, yeah, I just really like Vegas. I think they've got a deep team. Um, yeah, Vegas is one, and then I think I don't think you can deny the Lightning. Like That yeah. team, I think, is just a perfectly constructed team, top to bottom. Um, they've got maybe the best goalie in the NHL right now. They've got maybe the best defenseman in the NHL right now. Um, and they're doing all of this um, without their top player. Stammer? No. Oh, Kudrov, Kudrov, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, Nikita Kudrov has been out all season, all and they're season, still killing so,
2: it. And they're still just as good, if not better, than they were last year. So... Um, I don't know if 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 they can repeat, but I don't know they're hard to bet against. That's such a deep team. Do you
1: have the Lightning winning?
2: I think I have the Lightning winning over Vegas.
0: It's a pretty good pick. I like that.
1: Yeah, the Dallas Stars last year making the final was nuts. That that didn't make sense. So um, it's so hard to pick against the Lightning. But ah, this is gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt, boys. <laughs> I think the Leafs make the cup. I can see that. I, I think the Leafs, if Freddie Anderson's good enough, they can score five, six goals a night. And as long as he only allows two, three goals a night when they're scoring five, they're hard to stop. Their defense is
2: is shoddy. I mean, based off the Edmonton series that oh, they just yeah. played. What, 13-1? It 13. doesn't matter who's in Yeah, 13 goals to one. They've won. obviously learned how to play defense yeah. in the yeah. last season. So I, I think, I don't know, I think it depends on the Leafs. If there's some sort of playoff curse, but <laughs> they might have one. Um, <laughs> but okay, let's let's run down quick.
1: North Division. Let's say top four teams make it, right? Yeah. So it's probably Edmonton versus Leafs,
2: maybe in first round. Or yeah. Montreal Leafs in the first round. I think Edmonton can take the third spot. Yeah. So th- I think I can see Edmonton and Winnipeg as the f- the match the two three matchup, and then. I think Toronto – I think the fourth spot, I think, is maybe Calgary. Well, it could
1: be Calgary, yeah. Um, Calgary gives them troubles, I feel.
2: Yeah, like
1: – They're gritty, and, they, and the Leafs don't like that.
2: I think if Calgary can get under their skin, if, like, Kachuk and Lucic, and if they throw in guys like Robinson um, out there, I think they could, they could get under the skin of the Leafs. I think the Leafs have to just play mature. They have to play confident. A- and I think, yeah. Maybe think it's better that, that
0: the Leafs don't have any fans this season. Yeah, because it's all suits <laughs> normally, right? <That's> true. <laughs> it's all just
1: suits sitting in the front row. Yeah. Oh, you didn't score in the first three minutes. I don't like this sport <laughs> no more. And in the West, for me, I think you almost, you almost hit the nail on the head. Um, I think whoever comes out of the West is going to make the cup. So yeah. whether it's Vegas, whether it's St. Louis, whether it's Colorado, I, I don't see any of the teams in the central knocking them off. If I'm going to pick one, I'm going to pick Vegas as well. I know it's boring to agree with somebody on a podcast, but yeah. So I think Vegas versus the Leafs could definitely be a very intriguing final.
2: That would be a fun match. And
1: I think Vegas would, would beat them in five games yeah. just because they're strong, but they also have scoring. And when Fleury gets in the playoffs – or Regeer, or sorry, not Regeer, Um, Robin Leonard, excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah, either one of those goalies, I see them giving troubles to the Leafs.
0: So, do you think any teams are going to make any big moves before the playoff start, before the trade deadline, to try and push themselves to get a cup, right? There's actually been a lot of talk of Jack Eichel perhaps being traded uh, simply because he's on a th- his third year of an eight-year contract and in his fourth year starts his no movement clause Um, obviously things are not panning out in buffalo the way they thought it was going to when they drafted jack eichel so do you think he's uh on the way out or do you think there's going to be any other major moves before we kind of shut her down for the season
1: we used to look forward to Trade Center every day or every year, Dylan. Mm-hmm. We used to sit in computer class back in elementary school <laughs> and just watch wait it. and just re, like watch Bob McKenzie. And just be like, oh, he's got his phone out. He's got his flip phone out. No. <laughs> uh, and we were just hoping, and it's been so dull the last maybe six years. Trades aren't a big thing right now in the NHL. And some trades can make a world of difference. You always see those guys that are like, oh, my God, if they didn't trade for him, they would never have won the cup. And... Jack Eichel could obviously put one of these teams that we've talked about going to the Cup over, like, completely over the top. But what would they have to give
2: up? I mean, he's got a ten mil cap. Hit. That's a lot yeah. of money. That's a lot of money. I don't see him moving at the deadline. I see him. I think in the off season, if Eichel wants to be moved, Eichel will be moved. It, it sucks, sucks for, for Buffalo because, like, <laughs> they're not gonna get their money's worth. No. Regardless of what the trade is, they're not gonna get value. Pennies on the dollar. Yeah. And I don't think there's many teams that can make a move for a ten million dollar player. They've said New York, the Rangers, are a good option. I think that would make them really scary.
1: Um, yeah, the Rangers have been playing really good recently with a Shosturkin. Yeah, great rookie.
2: And I think they, if they can move somebody like Strome, um, one of their young good guys. If they could move Strome and they could get rid of the uh, the D'Angelo contract, I think the. Maybe like a couple first rounders, an a level prospect, maybe Strome. Leprinian, yeah. And Lefranian. Lefranian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: pretty much not likely is what you guys are. Yeah. Yeah, I think forwards. it'll
2: be a quiet deadline, at least in Canada. Yeah. I be a quiet yeah, I, I honestly. We're not trading Canada to Canada. The two week quarantines kind of ruined Canadian trades.
1: I dropped Pierre Luc yes. Dubois on in fantasy because he. He was just sitting on my IR spot for two weeks, and then he—I ha- think he has two game-winning goals the last like three games, <laughs> pissing me right off.
0: All right, so let's uh, move into a question that I actually really wanted to know from you guys: um, What is the team that has surprised you the most this season, good or bad?
1: I'm gonna—I'm gonna go out with—I'm um, gonna say in a bad way, and I'm going Vancouver. Vancouver, yeah, yeah, they looked good so good in the bubble, man. They were like, they were like, oh my god! If the Bubble Canucks can come back, and Quinn Hughes, he just was on a, he's still a great scorer. But we were talking before the podcast started. He's a minus fifteen, mm-hmm. and you can't have that as like your top guy. You need to have him plus a shutdown, shutdown guy. Nate Schmidt was coming in, coming in hot. Alex Edler's like fifty-five years old.
2: I really like their young core. So do like, I. Pa- I'm
1: a huge Pedersen. Yeah, Pedersen's so fast. Besser's great. Horvat's like old young. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah. Hoglander, we saw him in the World Juniors make a couple incredible goals, but yeah, the back end's still sketchy, man. And their goaltending has not been good at all. Braden Holpe, no, they came in. It's not been good. He's been horrible. And Thatcher Demko is just. I think he only has like about three or four wins too. So I'm gonna say the Canucks, and I'm gonna say it in a bad way. And I hate the Canucks too because two of my best friends are Canucks. Fans.
0: <laughs> so you just had to make it a bad one. Yeah, that makes sense. What are you thinking, Dylan? Um,
2: in a good way, I'd say Florida. Yeah, I haven't gotten to watch too many Florida games, but um, for a team the that same amount of fans in the stands
1: in as if they I mean,
0: actually <laughs> have fans. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say for a team that literally could not sell a ticket pre-COVID. <laughs>
2: yeah. But the team that I'm honestly really disappointed with. We just talked about it, is Buffalo, like yeah. Um, not that the expectations were high in Buffalo, but just I was looking through the roster. I was looking at their uh, their cap friendly page earlier today, and like, there's nothing there. It's all rough. Like aside from Eichel and Dalene, it, it's it's rough. Like
1: Jeff Skinner is the worst yeah. eight million dollar player <laughs> in the league
2: ever, and, t- and Taylor Hall. He wants to stay, supposedly. Kyle Ocposo. Ugh. But even the prospects, I, like Dylan Cousins, I think, is a good player. We saw in the World Juniors, he looked really good. But he's got four points. Yeah, I don't know if Casey Middlestad horrible is what he was touted to be. Horrible. He's been really, really slow and really too small. And Ristolainen has been affected heavily by COVID effects. So, like, I don't know. I don't know where you go with Buffalo. Like, there's... If you move Eichel, then you're just starting over. But there's nothing, there's nothing to build off of. Like the good teams, I think of like I think of teams like Washington, or Boston, or Tampa, where they've been, or Pittsburgh, they've been able to bring in these elite, elite players, and develop them. But they've also been able to develop the bottom six. The bottom pair, defense people. people. know their role there in those teams. Goaltending. Yeah, they can bring up any player that they need through the system. And Buffalo just has nothing. Like.
0: (laughs) They haven't had nothing for a long time. And I feel like
2: this miserable era in Buffalo is going to continue for a lot longer.
0: I agree with that for sure. Um, So actually speaking on that too, because when you're saying with Buffalo and saying how they can't, uh they're having a hard time um, or like where do they start? I mean you said you were saying, but I totally agree with you with that because where where do you start when you didn't even start in the first place right? I like, think they
2: have the two pieces you need to start with. They have an elite center and they have a really good
0: I think they just have too mind. much faith to be honest with you. They have too much faith in their players and I don't know like can you rebuild? A team that's like in a rebuild.
2: It reminds me of Edmonton that we saw over the last, I mean, up until maybe twenty seventeen.
1: Yakupov. Yeah. Where they
2: they would bring in players and they would just expect these young rookie players to do all the heavy lifting when Literally. there wasn't a culture and a core in there to to grow. Yeah,
0: they brought in what they had like Eberle and then Hall, Yakupov, like mm-hmm. with, like so many youngins right away, right with no structure to mm-hmm. any of it because no they're all used to being the superstar when they were growing up as kids right um actually pretty pretty funny story so my my friend um he met taylor hall one time at a club in kingston apparently the guy's a huge like mean person man. I've he's, heard, he's, he's I've apparently heard he's an things. asshole what,
1: what's the real word you're gonna look for there? i was gonna
0: say asshole yeah. apparently That's he's a fine. huge asshole and uh so when he was in the club too like the one of Taylor Hall's buddies he was with got punched out by, like, some just some random drunk dude.
2: So, like, I follow, like, the Oilers uh, subreddit and stuff. And there's a lot of stories from local people that Taylor Hall is one of the guys who, like, don't you know who I am?
0: Yeah, like okay. Mr. Studio Girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. He is, though. That's what I heard as well. I mean, He's that's a cop on the man. guy, but, but yeah, I like, heard the stories, too. Some people don't know. Some people don't know who you are. Especially coming from a sport where you hel- wear a helmet, man. Like, and
2: some people probably don't care. Uh, that's just <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's play. people that I
1: work with that I watch sport. I try to put on sports every break. Like, I try to put on The Score or Sportsnet or something, and they're like, why are we watching this again? I'm like, because <laughs> you're going to watch Young and the Restless, and you're going to watch it for 20 minutes and not know what's going on, but I'm going to watch sports highlights, and I'll understand it. But, like, so there's people that don't give a shit who you are. They don't care. You can be... You can be the best player in the world, and there's going to be people that don't care at all. And it's good. Yeah. Pump the brakes, bud. Well, exactly. Get your ego You're a human
0: being, right? We're all human beings. Like, yeah, check yourself. That's just it. All right, so I'm going to switch over to a little bit more recent news. So like we said, uh, today is Friday, March 5th, 2021. And uh, yesterday, on Thursday, the Flames just fired their head coach and then announced Daryl Sutter to be their new head coach. So what do you guys think of that? He's already spent uh, lots of time, right, with the Flames. So he's, he coached for a couple of years, and then he was general manager for like quite a long time, almost seven years there. So what do you guys think his impact will do with the Flames? Like, Do you think he'll be positive, negative, or just kind of do what he was doing before when he was there?
1: Not a bad guy to be waiting in the wings. <laughs> a two-time Stanley Cup coach. Obviously had those amazing LA Kings teams, and that was – that was a while ago now that you look at it, but um he's gotta really make these uh the the guys in Calgary just show up every night. Because they're eleven, eleven and three. Yeah. They're super out a- it's eleven eleven and two. They're super average. They're a win one, lose one, win two, lose two. <laughs> you have no they've no consistency and I don't think Jeff Ward was the guy to do it.
2: Like I don't know if I really like the way the flames are built. I don't think they have, I don't know, there's not a whole lot of star power on that team. I think Johnny Goudreau is really, really good. I think Monaghan is quietly one of the best, like, top six centers in the NHL. But, I mean, there was some discussion when, uh, it was after the Muzzin incident where Kachuk had the puck flipped at him. They didn't have his back. Yeah. And They didn't have his back. So I wonder if there's divide. I, I would hope that Sutter would try and unify that. And I think he's a guy who can do that. He's kind of a take-no-crap kind of guy. He's tough, but he's
1: like a tough love guy. He's like yeah. he's like that uncle. Like He's like a tough uncle where it's like you scraped your knee, but it's like, yo, just put a Band-Aid on that and get back in there.
0: Yeah. Actually, you know? I think uh, Lucic said – an in interview a press conference like right after the news broke and he said uh, be prepared or something like that <laughs> like get ready for, for Sutter well, he's to come in, in right LA. yeah because he, he played with him in LA Yep. so he said like, be prepared because he's coming in I think you're going to be cool. doing wind sprints what, bud yeah, so, yeah like it's like we, what you're saying Liam like he's strict fair right might be a pretty fair coach but he's he's not he's strict like he gets the job bringing,
2: done I hope he's bringing Iggy and Kipper with him yeah, yeah.
0: Just That'd brings be cool. the entire
1: old school <laughs> squad brings the 0-4 flames with <laughs> him it's what they'll need.
0: Well, and he's got a lot of experience too in the head office, right? Because he was just coming out of what wasn't he in charge of like operations or something in Anaheim last year or two years ago? I'm not sure. I don't
1: know his like. I don't know what his role resume, was but exactly, but he probably wanted to get back behind the bench. He's yeah, like, he'd probably get bored. Like, he's probably like, oh, sweet little retirement role, make a million dollars, assistant GM. But then it's like, I miss that. I miss just being able to yell at refs. <laughs> and Just yell at my boys. I
0: and miss his post game interviews.
2: All
0: right, so uh, this is going to be the last question I have for you guys for this podcast and probably my favorite question, and it's going to be make an ultimate lineup. So you guys have a a full line, and I want to know who's on it.
1: You go first. (laughs) Well... We've For talked my, about all these guys so far, right? <laughs> Is that right? For my
2: forward group, I, I have a couple senders, even though I don't really have the positions assigned properly. But um, I've got McDavid centering that top mm-hmm. line. I just, I don't know, like he, he's the fastest player I think I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: did you did you actually see that clip with him uh, against Marner the other day? And all the Leafs fans are going crazy because Marner was like toe to toe with McDavid and Marner ended up getting the puck like he won the race but like it, I don't know man it just it didn't really look like McDavid was giving it as he all wasn't giving in it all well at the end of his shit like literally I don't know I, I saw the video and all the Leafs fans were freaking out being like oh Marner's like than <laughs> McDavid Ugh. I think he was dogging it like, a- anyways the
2: Leafs found a way to shut him down the last few games which is really really impressive yeah cause I think that's the I think there's only been a handful of times in his career that he's been held pointless three games in a row
1: three times
2: so they've, they've only been three times held i guess scoreless. it's justin hall or tj brody has found the elixir to <laughs> like shut down mcdavid but but he has the ability to just casually go off for a five-point game oh yeah and just score goals that i, I don't think there, he scores goals that other players in the league can't score like prime crosby
0: Oh yeah, prime Crosby, prime Ovechkin, like.
2: Like I would almost say, talent wise, McDavid is better than Crosby, not legacy wise, and not like Mm. what they've done for their team or as a player, but like skill wise. Yeah. Um, and that's not a knock on Crosby.
1: Absolutely
0: not. No, no, we're not
1: knocking any players here except for Taylor Hall.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did knock it out. Um no, it was his friend got knocked it. <laughs> Alright, so
1: yeah, we'll do we'll do it like that then. So your starting center is... My starting
2: center I'm gonna have
0: McDavid. Yeah, we'll go back Connor and forth. And I'm gonna have McDavid. Shocking.
2: That's yeah, all I gotta obviously. say. You already explained everything. Well,
0: exactly. That's just it. There's there's gonna be people that are just clear. He's a clear number one center exactly. in the w- in the world. Alright, so that we'll go over to uh left wing then.
2: Um, I'm not sure if he plays the left side, but I'm going to throw David Pasternak. Um,
1: they have him technically as a right wing. Well, then we just I'll throw him on the right side. Okay, we'll
0: do the uh, right Yeah, wing we'll back. do the right. <laughs> All right. One winger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever one you pick is the side I'll go with.
2: Yeah, I like David Pasternak. Like, I, I don't know if it's just a product of that really good Boston line, but um, he's a scary goal scorer that just finds ways to score goals. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, that's, it's, it's tough it's to really argue
1: He came off of a, a huge injury And then two weeks into his season He already had 10 points So yeah, exactly. like, what do you want to do? And I'm going to go with the guy we were talking about earlier on right wing I'm just going to go with Patrick Kane yeah. He's got the best back end I've ever seen That spin move back end top corner that he does like It seems like he does it every other month He's on the highlight reel doing it And he was my first true interview When I was uh, interviewing hockey players there so, you go. He's a really cool that's guy That's awesome
2: I was watching Sportsnet, like, earlier today, and they were talking about Patrick Kane, and um, I forget who it was that was on the, I think it might have been Mike Fuda. and he was saying that Patrick Kane, today at, I guess he's like 33, maybe, is playing the game, he plays the game ahead of his time, like, the game, he's, he created the game that we have now today, the high skill super quick fast hands um really quick releases like he he created that game 15 he was playing today's game 15 years ago that was that was what he said and i thought that was a really interesting point so true it is true
0: and i think it kind of correlates with what you're saying with like mcdavid and and all his talent and everything like that and not even comparing it to crosby but just kind of like Almost, yeah, I guess put into side by side, it's just like it it's like a different game now, right? Like yeah. McDavid is amazing, he's got amazing talent for today's game and Crosby had amazing talent in his prime for the game that he was playing.
2: So left wing, I think we probably have the same guy, but you can go ahead. Maybe not. I don't know if he plays left wing, but I'm gonna stick him on the left side. And I'm gonna put Austin Matthews there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna so I'm gonna He's a center. Yeah, he plays. He, he, yeah, he, he plays not take all every face off. So yeah, yeah, throw him in the left. He's a Just, forward, so I'm yeah. gonna throw Just him. Just
0: throw him wherever. It's an ultimate team, right? <laughs>
2: but I guess McDavid with a couple big snipers would be kind of fun to watch. But Matthews, like, man, he
0: is. He's been pretty dominant lately. His size,
2: his combination of size and and uh, and shot is, is scary. Like watching him play in the North Division when he gets the puck, I'm worried because he can. He seems to find ways to put the puck in the net from wherever he has the puck. And for whatever size of hole the goalie's leaving him, he finds a way to put it in. And whenever you watch a
1: Leafs game, it seems like he just knows where the puck's going to be, too. He's always out on the rebound. He knows where his players are to find the pass or get the pass. And he just knows how to find creases in the ice, and he's incredible. And another guy that knows how to do that is a left winger. (laughs) He has his own spot on the ice. Alexander Ovechkin. Yes. Alexander Ovechkin, he just can't be stopped. He's like 92 years old. (laughs) He's going to break all the scoring records hopefully one day. And if all these lockout seasons and shortened seasons didn't happen, I think he would almost be up there with Gretzky's scoring record.
2: I would totally agree. Yeah, I agree. And
1: and I I love him. Alexander Ovechkin is one of my favorite players I've ever seen. He's the best goal scorer I've ever seen and will probably ever see hopefully. And, yeah, having him as a left winger, I'm not mad at me. No, never, <laughs>
2: yeah. right? I mean, we had briefly talked earlier about, like, who, who, what players have been disappointing. And the player I wrote down was actually Ovechkin because I don't want to say age is catching up to him. Cause I, he's slower. I think the way he, he's built, it doesn't matter how old he is. He can still do it, kind of like Jager. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only got seven goals. And <laughs> I was looking at the – I had sorted the uh, the league leaders by goals, and I had to go to page two oh, to find wow. Ovechkin. He was listed n- at number 63.
1: Tyler Toffoli has double the goals of him this year. So oh,
0: I'm sorry, who?
2: You know, but I think Ovechkin's just a guy who can, like – you know, I say that, and then tomorrow he'll, he'll get a have, trick. He'll have a, a power play hat <laughs> trick
0: so. Yeah, but, but it just goes to show, too, that, like, age – might not be catching up to him because he can still go pull Hattie off like it's nothing, right? Like pull that out of his ass. Yeah. But durable. yeah, you are right. Like he's definitely having a disappointing disappointing season for his caliber of play.
2: And defense.
0: Yeah. So two defenders.
2: Two defenders. I'm gonna put uh, Victor Hedman. We talked about him earlier. I just, uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Dylan is a
1: boner. <laughs> I've I, I, right? <laughs>
2: Victor Hedman, but I just I love defensemen that are built like that that are big, you know, really big defensemen that can skate well. Defensemen like him or Petrangelo or, I guess, Pronger. Pronger was kind of my favorite player back in the day. So I'm going to, you know, anybody that kind of exudes that that similarity is, is yeah. somebody that I like. And then I'm going to pair him with somebody who's kind of the opposite, I guess. I'm going to put him with Tori Krug, a small guy, but I really like his his feistiness. Um Even though he's, I think he's like 5'9", 5'8". He's tiny. But he's not afraid to to rough it up. He's not afraid to get in the corners. Um, I just like his personality. And he's an offensive guy, too. Um, He can skate. I think he had like 50, 40-something, maybe 50 points last year in Boston. Not sure how well he's doing (laughs) this year in St. Louis, but...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's always hard, too, especially when you come from a team that, like, with Boston, right? They're just so... Like set in their ways, their system is so implanted that it's it's hard to go to a different one. Right?
1: Just imagine those two together, the Krug and Headman. Because look at what Krug's allowing Justin Falk to do this year. Justin Falk's putting up unworldly numbers for himself, and look what he allowed Zdeno Char to do. Probably the biggest on skates slowest guy <laughs> ever. But if Tori Krug can walk the line, and then just dish it off for a rocket clapper by Headman or by Falk or by Zidane Ochar in real life. Um, just imagine. Yeah. Just imagine what he'd do with Victor. That makes Hedman. a scary power play. Yeah. That's yeah. scary too. Um, For my defenseman, I'm going to go with, it's so tough because I'm going to go the same sort of idea, yeah. but I'm going to go with the two guys we talked about for the, for the Norris. I'm going to go with Hedman and Makar because I, again, just like the, the big bully, big all around guy in Hedman mixed with the small speedy, Fast, nice shot, great eyes, Macar. I just boosted him way too hard. Eh? That was really crazy. Um, <laughs> beautiful, sexy. Best eyes. The best eyes. Best I've eyes. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen such beautiful blue eyes. Um, but yeah, Kale Makar and Hedman. Imagine that together. And oof, for the for the latter half of Hedman's career, going into uh, the best half of Macar's career. Scary, scary too, in goalies.
0: Yeah, do we even need to go over goalies, or you guys?
2: I mean, we kind of talked about the two. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, what's pretty much. They're, right, they're our like. Vesna guys. Another guy that I have written down is John Gibson. I mean, I I don't think he gets necessarily a fair shake because of the team he plays in front of, but um, I think technically he's one of the best goalies in the in the NHL. Great right eyes. Great. I think on a good team great rebound he would control. Be, yeah, I think if the Ducks were a little bit better, he'd be getting Vesna. Mm-hmm. Vesna Noms.
1: There's a lot of great goalies. This is a good generation of goalies right now. It Conor, is Connor Hellebuck. We got even American goalies. Yeah, American goalies are yeah, terrific a right American now. American even goalies. Carter Hart. He hasn't had the best season, but Carter Hart's obviously Canadian, but he's had a good enough season where you're gonna still talk about him. Tuka Rask, mm-hmm. Freddie Anderson. I'm gonna go with Vasiljevski just because why not, right? Well, like, yeah, you can't yeah. deny <laughs> he's the best, and he's huge. He's the best in the world. Like <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so I do have a little add-on question for you guys. Who's the coach?
2: Ooh. Who's the coach?
0: Who's the coach of my for your OT lineup? Team? Not for not for the team. Well, your team's the lineup, so yeah. Who's the coach for your lineup?
1: John Cooper for me. You have to go with the guy that just won the cup, no? Yeah. yeah. John
2: Cooper just seems like a guy's guy. He seems like a player's coach. He would drink a Pabst Blue Ribbon with us. He would, Yeah, he'd, he'd crap. Crap. (laughs) Crack a a PBR with us and and (laughs) join in on the pod. Yeah.
1: You know know he was probably definitely uh, celebrating with some greasy beers in the (laughs) the locker room.
2: I'm going to go with Barry Trotz. You just want to get your ass kicked there. I don't know what it is about Barry Trotz, but he just seems to find a way. He's found a way with those Nashville teams to get them to win. He's found a way with these Islanders teams that – I mean, I think they're a good team. I don't know if they, with another coach, I don't know if they would be where they are. So I'm going to go with Barry Trotz just um, based on that. Same thing. He just seems like a solid guy.
0: (laughs) That's true. Um, All right, so before we go into our final thoughts and everything, I did have one person I kind of wanted you guys to talk about. Because there's so much hype around him in the offseason and everything. But Joe Thornton. What? Just... Like, is it just so typical of Toronto fans to blow something like this out of proportion? Like, the same thing happened with Fanof, right?
1: And Marleau.
0: Exactly. Like, it just seems like no matter who it is, who comes in, they just get so excited. They're oh, They're going to contribute so much to the team or whatever. And then they just are average or just below average for their caliber player
1: the thing with leaf spans for these sort of little deals obviously it's not like a big fan trade or like a big deal where you're paying this guy seven million dollars a year they took a flyer at thornton they gave him like eight hundred thousand dollars they're like or a million maybe i think it might have been a million and they're like hey can you play all four lines if we need you to yeah, yeah, I got you. Can you grow out your beard?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes,
1: obviously I can grow out my beard. When he plays with Marner and Matthews, he's the perfect little tandem. He's he stands in front of the net, he gets the greasy goals, and him or Wayne Simmons work. Like, if you can combine those two for one point eight million dollars, well, the Leafs yeah. did it well. But yeah, Thornton's obviously not going to be a barn burner like he has been. But I, oh, I
0: still I still really appreciate Joe Thornton. Definitely passes his prime, but good pickup, I, I
2: really like Joe Thornton. Um, like I think they brought it, him in, not just for on ice stuff, but I think off ice, he's he's a good guy. I feel like I just talk about guy personalities, but like I feel like he he's a good locker room guy for that team. Um, for guys like Marner and Matthews, he's seems like a guy who just like takes no shit. Like he he's not afraid to say it how it is. Um, it is weird to kind of see him in a Leafs uniform.
1: So strange.
2: Yeah.
0: He seems like, like one of those guys that would be in the locker room, and then if he started talking, everyone just shuts up because yeah. – Yeah, he – Pure respect. Yeah, like just yeah, big beards talking, you know, like VG. Like he's he's Shut he's up. the
2: one – if the Leafs won the cup, I wouldn't like it because I'd have to listen to Toronto Media talk about it. But <laughs> doing like the Ray Borg treatment? But to see Thornton finally get a cup would be – awesome
0: yeah i agree with that all right so uh we're going to wrap up this first episode of the podcast um so are there any final thoughts you guys want to go over before we end it off yeah
1: i really appreciate it if you guys got it all the way here like to the end of the podcast yeah thank you so much for listening yes uh, thank we have you. a facebook page at topic tag the topic tacklers if you don't mind giving us a like that'd be great um dylan thank you so much love to have you back Yes,
0: oh, thank you very much, Dylan. You definitely uh, picked up my slack for this NHL. This was a lot of fun. I've never done a podcast
2: before. I had a lot of fun. I ho- I hope to uh, hope to do it again, a few more times.
1: Another little plug I'll just do for myself. Um, I'm also on a couple other podcasts. If you guys enjoy UFC slash MMA, check out the Hammer MMA. We've I think we just hit episode 540. Uh, we've been doing it for they've been doing it for about ten years. I've been contributing for about three. We talk UFC, we go to UFC events when COVID's not available, and yeah, and Shane, great hosting today, buddy, and Thank you. Dylan, thanks so much.
0: It actually was uh, my first time on a podcast, too, so first first of many for me, but uh, yeah, we, uh, we're kind of feeding off, uh, I'm definitely feeding off Liam here with the podcast, um, kind of, mentorship and stuff like that because he knows what he's talking about he's been on a lot of podcasts so definitely go check out um his other content and everything and just one last shout out again to katie at night owl design studio you can find her on facebook and instagram and she did all our logos and everything they look absolutely amazing so thank you katie and thank you everyone for listening